Other People's Flowers is a podcast for stories, poetry, and essays. Thank you for listening. This week's work comes from Christopher Bell. Christopher S. Bell has been writing and releasing literary and musical works through My Idea of Fun since 2008. His sound projects include Emmett and Mary, Technological Epidemic, C. Scott and the Belltones, and Fine Wives. My Idea of Fun is an art and music archive focused on digital preservation with roots in Johnston, Pennsylvania. You can visit the website www.myideaoffun.org. Christopher's work has recently been published in Anti-Heroin Chic, Blaze Vox 17, Drunken Monkeys, Hobart, Queen's Mob Tea House, and Entropy, among others. The Last Playdate Every other Wednesday was tacos at Albright. Jessica still wasn't used to the way they fell apart after a few bites. Forking her remains, Melissa finally sat, a little weary of digesting that afternoon. They had been paired up for a month and were almost friends. So how are they? Melissa asked. Same as the last time, Jessica replied. She glanced past her roommate's uneven bangs at the line. Herman was at the very back behind Danny and Ralph. He almost noticed her glance before both fixated on the white brick walls and chequered blue tiles. Yeah, I don't see myself finishing these. They'll think you're better if you do. Face it, they never think any of us are really better, Melissa observed. Speak for yourself, Jessica continued to eat, almost out of spite for her companion's condition. Oh, that's right, Melissa perked up. You've got your review today with Max. Don't remind me. It'll go fine, minded last week. And yet, you're still here. I needed the time off. A lot of people go to the beach. The water's a little too cold in October. Jessica hated how often they all rationalised. Just that morning, she'd counted seven eye-rolls during group. It wasn't one particular thing that upset the 24-year-old, but rather a combination of familiar ties. Albright felt like home, its stale air and cavernous halls on par with her father's barbecue and her mother's fabric softener. They visited every Saturday, occasionally dragging her older brother along. Lenny was a riot. He always said he couldn't move out of the house until she moved back in. Something about balance and not wanting to leave mum and dad to their vices. Melissa's little bites grew as Herman continued forward in the line. Jessica downshifted to her pudding, uncertain of his appeal that day. Both had been quiet in group, letting the others air out. Gail complained about her husband, how he always bought her the wrong brand of cigarettes. Then Ron yammered about the neighbours stealing his mail. Dwayne vented on his road rage, finally admitting that it wasn't his co-workers, but rather strangers beeping their horns that set him off. Stress felt contagious, but the medication helped. That itchy feeling had almost dispersed inside, Jessica dealing with only the occasional resurgence. It would start at her ankles and gradually move up to her waist and fingertips. She hadn't mentioned it to Mags, some of the orderlies, asking in the beginning before shifting to more immediate tasks. She loved Yancey that first week. He gently picked her up from the ground by her wrists and stared past the troubles inside. 
She'd never seen that particular shade of green eyes. When Sherry told her about Yancey's girlfriend, the dental hygienist, Jessica didn't fantasise until Herman. You know, I think I'm getting used to all of this now, he said, sitting next to her. She could almost feel his breath, her fingers twitching at the sight of his stubble, longing to press both palms to his cheeks and let the individual follicles work their magic. Do you mean Taco Wednesday? Melissa asked. The whole kit and caboodle. Herman took his first bite. I'm almost scented again. That must be nice, Jessica sighed. Come now, you're a level ahead than most of us, he reassured her. That's because she's been here longer, Melissa jammed. Cut that out, Herman said. That has nothing to do with it. Four months really isn't so long, Jessica rationalised. It's a semester, Melissa said. People learn a lot in their courses. I didn't learn much of anything in college, Herman sat up, except maybe how to skin a cat. What are you talking about? Melissa was lost. I'll tell you guys later. It's not exactly appropriate. Now you have to tell us, Jessica perked up. I will, just not while we're all eating, okay? He met her gaze as she relented, standing to bust her tray. Hello, Jess. Nurse Rosie stopped her between tables. You remember your appointment today? One thirty. yes, I know. Jess checking. Dr. Mags told me to remind you. Everyone's so good at doing their job here. Hey, I could do without this sarcasm. Rosie's hand fell to her hip. I'm just a messenger. I've been trying not to think about it, even though I know it's today. It'll go fine. Three other people have told me that already. Maybe that's because it's true. It isn't good to say an outcome is true or false before it happens. Nope, you're right about that. Anyway, I'll handle it. I know. The nurse shot her patient a scattered look of endearment and passed. Melissa and Herman discussed Dwayne's lisp, Jessica humouring their insults, not laughing so much as curtsying along. There was too much sympathy floating around, her tolerance for each inevitable performance at an all-time high. She put it on par with collegiate alcoholism. It wasn't an addiction, just something to do, especially towards the end. Returning to her room, Jessica thought about hiding the little sips under her tongue, the joy of it all. So do you want to be alone? Melissa quickly interrupted the fantasy. For what? To better prepare yourself. You know, bringing it up all the time isn't helping. I just came back to get my iPod. Can you believe Herman's never heard of the turtles? He's older than both of us. A lot of people don't know about a lot of things. It's one of the reasons why I'm not too into people at the moment. Yeah, you might not want to talk like that with Mags. What am I supposed to do? Just fake it? Yes, that's exactly what you should do. Because it's working so well for you? Jessica tried to stare through her roommate, but skin and bones got in the way. I knew you'd be like this today. You don't know me at all. Look, I don't like Herman or anything. You can have him. Why would I want anybody? True, he's probably not the best choice at the moment, but in the long run, it might make sense. Those things never make sense with me. Yeah, me neither, I guess. Melissa sat on the edge of her bed and searched for something to occupy her hands. Anyway, it's no one's fault. We come in here at different times. The you, for him, may be much later from now, like when you're both long gone. I'm not sure where you're getting all of your ideas. I watch you. I watch everyone. Hell, it's all you can really do here when you don't feel like sharing. I think maybe you're misreading a few things. You've thought about it before though, right? Melissa's heels rode a good inch on the hard linoleum. If I tell you, will you promise not to say? The sentence alone meant everyone would know soon enough. Of course, this is just between us. 
I didn't like him at first, and then I did for a little bit. But right now it feels like more than it should, like he's such a significant part of our day. I know, right? But if we were somewhere else, then I probably wouldn't have these feelings. That's the whole point of being where we are. We're here to feel again. I don't like it. I'm starting to, even if it's false most of the time. How can you even tell the difference? I can, I'm not that numb, Jess. Maybe you are, and that's why you think you can. You need to chill a bit. Stop taking all your aggressions out on me. If this were an aggression, you wouldn't want to be in the same room. I've thought about asking for a transfer. So have I. I'm just afraid of who they'll stick me with. Probably Melody, maybe Sherry. I don't think I'd play well with either of them. You and Melody would have gotten along in high school. Shut up. No, we wouldn't have. Mel and Mel. I can see it now. You're evil, you know that? No, I just have a better grasp of the world than you, Jess explained. Probably because I'm older. Yeah, by four years. Like that means anything. When you're back in reality again, and no, I don't mean college, you'll see that it really does mean a lot. And yet, here we are in the same place. Only for a little while longer. I've got to go meet Herman. Have fun. She watched Melissa's hesitant steps from the dresser to the door. There was plenty left to say, but tuning out suited them both better. Jessica struggled to get comfortable on her bed. The smell of home had dispersed from her comforter and pillowcases. Leaning against the brick wall left too much room for future back pain. Her friend, Gretchen, was a chiropractor and engaged. She wondered who'd be at the wedding, whether they'd think Jessica's invitation was out of pity. Sporadic thoughts of old acquaintances blended together as she tried to read the book her mother left behind. The first twenty pages were the hardest. With each sentence, Jessica kept wondering why that woman found inspiration in fantasy. It wasn't a terrible story, but lacked the glue. Disjointed words carelessly lumped together, almost getting her nowhere, before Mags knocked on the door. She'd been checking her watch every five minutes. It was only one. Hello, Jessica. May I come in a moment? The smell of black coffee and cheap aftershave lingered from the threshold. Sure, she replied, but I'm not late. I was going to leave for your office in about twenty minutes. Actually... We can't do that today. We can't? No, I've got an emergency. I'll be leaving soon. I just thought it best if I swing by and let you know. Where's the fire, dog? That's none of your business. No, you're right. It isn't. Now, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but we're just going to have to reschedule. No, that's fine. Relenting showed growth. I understand. Okay, good. His focus shifted to the half-open door. Now, as I said, I should be going. If you could just give me one more minute. What is it? We've both been through this before, and I know this isn't an official setting or anything, but if you could level with me. I've been on edge about this for the last few days, and it really feels unhealthy. So if you just tell me what your recommendation's going to be, then I think it'll be a lot easier for the both of us to get on with our lives. Now, you know that's not possible. You're not going to get into trouble if you could just tell me which way you're leaning. Nothing's solidified yet. There are dozens of things to consider. I've shown improvement, though. Yes, you most certainly have, but your actions at this very instant aren't helping your case, Jessica. This isn't some debate. It's my livelihood, you know. I'm aware of that. But I've just one of many in a long line of paperwork. I don't have the time to entertain your assumptions right now. You'll be hearing from me and the administration soon, okay? All right. Again, I am sorry. Me too. Have a pleasant afternoon. He exited without a second thought. She wished to be equally careless. Despite everything inside rotting away, a fire still burned. Counting to ten, she left her room. The tail of his jacket flaps down the hallway, past Billy mumbling about the Mets. Jessica took a solemn breath and casually strolled in the good doctor's direction. 
Leaning against the wall, two paces from his office, she listened to him gather files. Tessa passed with three fingers in her hair, twisting the red curls only to quickly straighten them again. Mags locked his door and jaunted off, his steps considerably lethargic for an emergency. Jessica waited for him to swipe his badge past the guards. She then took the stairs down to the basement. Jill and Jared whispered minor curses across the ping-pong table while Danny scribbled verses in his notebook by the window. Jessica tiptoed next to him and watched the parking lot. The four administrative spots waited for a shake-up. There's a nice enough breeze today, Danny said. I know, I can feel it, she replied. Dr. Mags passed his BMW, hacking tiredly into his cell phone. Yes, I know I'm running a bit late, but don't do that. I need you to be there. I've been waiting all week for this baby. With that, he flipped the ignition and drove far away from Albright. What do you think that's about? Danny asked. Nothing important enough, Jessica replied. So have you seen Melody? No, not recently. She's probably upstairs watching the idiot box like the rest of them. Oh, okay. I probably shouldn't see her until this is done anyway. What is it? None of your business, he scoffed timidly. No, you're right. Nothing's anybody's business here. She walked past the bouncing ball and back upstairs. Returning to her room was logical, although Jessica couldn't bear starting where she left off. The same would be true of when she eventually returned home. Opal was dead, while the others found insufficient homes in the basements and backyards of Angler. She processed their whereabouts, whether those pale eyes would remember hers when she finally got out. But nobody understood the care and consideration that went into owning an animal, how they mutually chose one another and developed from that point forward. Her mother wanted Jessica to find another boyfriend, while Dad wondered why his little girl slept downstairs. He didn't realise what would happen if there was a fire in the middle of the night. Lenny showed his sister some vague compassion before she overheard him, joking with Fred on the back porch. She's getting a bit cuckoo, don't you think? We've all got our hobbies, her brother replied, and bad habits. She wondered if Lenny's support would have changed anything. Everyone talked of primary motivations. What compelled them to be where they were? Jessica passed the slurring parasites with the same level of understanding. She knew where their heads rested, what rattled around on the inside, and how it made her look by comparison. Nurse Rosie rounded the corner, clipboard in hand. Jess, you have a visitor? I do. Yes, he's waiting outside the activity room. It's not time. Yeah, we know, dear. But since your meeting fell through today, everyone figured it'll be all right. Who is it? I didn't recognise this one. You're just going to have to see for yourself. The caretaker smirked. Jessica's head leapt endlessly as she migrated back down the hallway. At first glance, the room appeared normal. Melissa and Herman played gin, Sherry and Duane checkers, while others adjusted to the noisy television-blaring cartoon irreverence. First, she noticed his bedhead. Brown tangles turned away, watching the bunny jump from bush to bush. His form was unrecognisable, narrow shoulders squeezed into a medium green t-shirt with stick legs in ratty cut-offs. He was hairy, but no more than the next man. She took a quiet step forward as he turned, expression waning at the sight. Hey, Jessica. Lloyd sounded the same, somewhere between confident and awkwardly lumped into the scenery. Hi. She got closer. What are you doing here? I heard you were here and was off for the day, so I decided to swing by. It's like over an hour from home. You're still an angler, right? Yeah, for now. Right, so did your mum tell you that I was here or something? I have my sources, he smiled. Tell me who they are, she insisted. 
I live with Sheldon Bird, and he was working on your mum's lawn and found out. Oh, right. I forgot you two were friends. Friend becomes a loose term when you're stuck living with somebody. No, I guess that's true. Her eyes darted across the room. Herman and Melissa clearly took notice. Do you want to sit down? Sure. He followed her to the pale blue sofa. So, Lloyd Buzzard, what have you been doing since high school? Not enough. I'm still a caddy over at O'Keefe, at least for the summer, and then I'm waitstaff in the winter. Cleaning up after people, then. In a matter of speaking. Did you finish school? I took a few community classes. It was never really my thing. Yeah, it's like that with some people. What was your major? Veterinary. But it didn't work out. Well, we're still young. Yeah, I guess so, she nodded. I'm not planning on staying at the club forever. It's just the easiest thing to pay my rent right now. I couldn't take living with my parents anymore. They have a way of making things much worse. Yeah, exactly. It's any wonder I lasted as long as I did. Definitely, she said. But what are you doing here? I'm here to see you. I figured a visitor wouldn't be the worst thing in the world this Wednesday. But we haven't seen each other forever, not since school. Yeah, I know. So then, you understand why I'm scratching my brain about all of this, Lloyd. I get where you're coming from. We were always friends, though. When we were, like, eight. And in high school. It's not like we hung out regularly or anything. Well, different crowds and whatnot. No shame keeping in touch. When I'm here, you decide to keep in touch? You're right, it is weird, huh? Extremely. It's not like we've been writing letters to each other or something. We could start. Look, I think I know what you're doing, and it's extremely nice of you to stop by, but it really worries me that you did. Why is that? Because it means you're not in the best place. If you think visiting the loony bin is a good way to spend your time. I came here to see you. To make sure I'm okay or what? It's a bit absurd for you to show up like this. I mean, what did you expect? I don't know. Of course not, because you probably built it up as something else in your mind, right? Are you trying to make me feel like a terrible person, or is this just how you are now? I'm not like anything now, I'm just here, and believe me, no matter how boring Angler is, here is much worse. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So then there's probably not much more for us to talk about. It's not like I want you to be my boyfriend or something. You know, since I've got here, you've made way more assumptions about me than I have about you. That's true, I have. And maybe I was concerned when I found you out here and curious and whatever else, but the fact of the matter is that I'm here, Jessica, and I'm not just talking about it or pretending like it isn't right in front of us. You haven't asked me why I'm here. I don't care. We all have our reasons, right? Yeah, sure. So let's maybe talk about something else then. Yeah, okay, what do you want to talk about, Lloyd? Anything you want. I was wondering if I could ask for your help with something. Of course, what is it? Jessica glanced back at Herman and Melissa smirking over the discard pile and then whispered, I need you to help me get the hell out of here. Thank you for listening to Other People's Flowers. Other People's Flowers is produced and edited by Hugo Gibson and Chris Kamalvutitam. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you'd like to have your work featured on the programme, please visit otherpeoplesflowers.com to see our submission guideline. Thank you.